This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. They have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included, and there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. Podcasts where I read old books to help you get to sleep, and a proud member of the Airwave Podcast Network. I have got a wonderful, snoozy bedtime story for you tonight. But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon.com. Steve Pickett, Ingrid Gollisman, Wemimo, Jordan, Cheryl Chase, and Sebastian Regimbald. And for anyone who doesn't know, um, all of these wonderful names that I just read are brand new supporters of Sleepy on Patreon.com. 
which is a website where you can go and support creators of the work that you like. So if the Sleepy Podcast has helped you get a better night's rest and wake up more refreshed the next day, then consider going to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and donating even a dollar a month. It goes a really long way and it means a lot. And at $5 a month, you get access to a whole extra poetry feed where I send you extra poetry readings that are not on the regular podcast. Um, But regardless, no matter how much you donate, I will read your name in the opening credits of the next show after you do. So, again, if you would like to be a part of making this show, then go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio. Thank you. And as always, the music you're hearing is by my good friend James Lepkowski, and the cover up for Sleepy is by Gracie Kanan. For tonight's story, I'm currently staying out at a, uh, a friend's place in Cape Cod, and there's a bunch of wonderful old books on the shelves, and found this really old copy of Cinderella and Other Stories by Richard Harding Davis, and was flipping through the book, and this popped out as one that would be great to read on the show. So tonight, I'm going to be reading The Editor's Story by Richard Harding Davis. And now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes and let me read to you. The Editor's Story It was a warm afternoon in the early spring, and the air in the office was close and heavy. The letters of the morning had been answered and the proofs corrected, and the gentlemen who had come with ideas worth one column at space rates, and which they thought worth three, had compromised with the editor on a basis of two, and departed. The editor's desk was covered with manuscripts in a heap, a heap that never seemed to grow less, and each manuscript bore a character of its own, as marked or as unobtrusive as the character of the man or woman who had written it, which disclosed itself in the care with which some were presented for consideration in the vain little ribbons of others, or the selfish manner in which still others were tightly rolled or vilely scribbled. The editor held the first page of a poem in his hand and was reading it mechanically, for its length 
had already declared against it, unless it might chance to be the precious gem out of a thousand, which must be chosen in spite of its twenty stanzas. But as the editor read, his interest awakened, and he scanned the verses again, as one would turn to look a second time at a face which seemed familiar. At the fourth stanza, his memory was still in doubt. At the sixth, it was warming to the chase, and at the end of the page was in full cry. He caught up the second page and looked for a final verse, and then at the name below, and then back again quickly to the title of the poem, and pushed aside the papers on his desk in search of any note which might have accompanied it. The name signed at the bottom of the second page was Edwin Aram. The title of the poem was Bohemia, and there was no accompanying note, only the name Berkeley written at the top of the first page. The envelope in which I had come gave no further clue. It was addressed to the same handwriting as that in which the poem had been written, and it bore the postmark of New York City. There was no request for the return of the poem, no direction to which either the poem itself or the check for its payment in the event of its acceptance might be sent. Berkeley might be the name of an apartment house or of a country place or of a suburban town. The editor stepped out of his office into the larger room beyond and said, I have a poem here that appeared in an American magazine about seven years ago. I remember the date because I read it when I was at college. Someone is either trying to play a trick on us, or to get money by stealing some other man's brains. It was in this way that Edward Aram first introduced himself to her.